Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sex Talk with Tracy and Kelsey. It's good to see everyone. It's good to see Tracy. What's happening with you? I am just thinking to myself that anyone who says they know everything about sex is just kidding themselves. Because every time I do the notes for this or my column or whatever, I find out something new or something I thought I knew that I didn't. And what I found out was there's a difference between squirting and female ejaculation. Who knew? I thought it was the same thing. First of all, to start, it's nine o'clock. In LA right now. And to start the morning off. It's drinking time here. Five o'clock. To start with that information, you have to give me a warning, like a some type of caution sign. Like, we're going to start with squirting. It's a lie. I know. It's a terrible word, isn't it? Terrible word. But anyway, I have been talking for ages about how it's the same thing and it is not. Tell us the difference. Well, the difference is that squirting is when it's just urine and you're basically releasing urine. And ejaculating is when you're, it's a much slower... <laughs> Your face is just a study. It's a much slower, it's like a little bit comes out, milky white fluid that's released from different parts of the body. So what you see on porn, all that gallons of fluid coming out, that's squirting. It's basically urine. Female ejaculation isn't a different thing. It's watered down urine, but it's still urine, yeah. I just want you to know I'm trying to be much less judgmental on the podcast now and keep an open mind, even though I have a very small tunnel sometimes around these things because I haven't been... I haven't seen and done a lot, but um, that part, that was hard for me. The urine part, I don't know. I don't understand it, but we don't need to get into that today. No, no, it was just something I found out. Anyway, thank you. She's filled with tones for the session. She's filled with information that every housewife is wondering about. Okay. (laughs) All right. We've got three good questions. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I think, oh, everybody has the same similar questions. But the truth is when I go to drinks with my friends, we all ask the same questions over and over again. It's like the, mm-hmm. everyone is in the same spot and we're doing the best we can to kind of explain ways to make it different or better. But these are just, these are part of the experience of being a human and being in couples. I just looked at these three today and I was like, everybody feels this way. 
you know? I know, I know. Actually, I think we get quite a good mix of questions, to be honest, considering there are only three things that you can really talk about. I think we get quite intriguing stuff where you go, wow, okay, that's a good question. Yeah, well, there's some really things that are different, but I do think it would be, it's just also that most people don't have anywhere to go to ask these questions. Like, what would it look like if this was something we talked about with kids Mm -hmm. early on? In some countries you do, Kelsey. I know. Not mine. Some countries you do. Right. Okay. Here we go. First question. I'm a 43-year-old woman, happily married for nearly 20 years with tween-aged children. My husband and I have always maintained a healthy sex life, even if it was a bit vanilla most of the time. The past few years, we've scheduled sex and usually average once or twice a week. But for some unknown reason, both of our libidos have disappeared. We both just don't feel like sex at all. It's been two months. There has been no change to our lives, diet, or health. What can we do to get our mojo back? Why has our sex drive disappeared so suddenly? What can we do to want to feel like it again? I found this quite an interesting thing that it's happened to both of them at the same time so suddenly. And I mean, there are reasons why your sex drive can suddenly disappear. Things like an underactive thyroid, if you change contraception, medication, going on anti-anxiety pills, antidepressants, blood pressure tablets, they can all whip away your libido super fast. But with these two, oh, also I want to know what happened in the last sex session. That's the obvious thing. Was there erection issues? Was the sex really unsatisfactory? I get the feeling that's not it though. My guess is that what's happened, they're mid-40s or 43, and they're sex hormones are falling. It starts to happen around about that age. So he will be dropping in testosterone, which is what gives him his libido. She was also dropping in testosterone and estrogen. So I would definitely say get those hormone levels checked. Now, what those hormones do is they are the hormones that make you feel like sex when nothing sexy is happening at all. It just makes you feel like sex out of the blue. So when they drop, all of a sudden people think, oh my God, my sex drive is gone. It hasn't gone. It's become replaced by something called responsive desire. So your sex drive is there, but you've got to be sexually stimulated in order to feel like sex, right? So they're like, oh my God, what's happening? We don't feel like sex. Well, you will once you start having sex again. And I think why it's happened to both of them at once is that I reckon they sound quite tight, this couple. They probably feed off each other. So one of them says, do you know what? I don't actually feel like it tonight. And the other one goes, do you know what? I don't actually feel like it either. So then a week goes past where they're not having sex, which, which of course reminds you of how good sex is. And then the next week, your body's not used to having sex for that week. And it goes, well, I've got even less incentive now. Before you know it, a new habit is formed, which is not having sex. And I mean, we both, everybody knows that the more sex you have, the more sex you want. So the other reason they don't feel like sex is that they're not having sex anymore. So it's this sort of, I think this is exactly what's happened. But what intrigues me the most, right, is they were both fans of scheduled sex, Now, which I'm a big fan of as well. Now, most couples who have scheduled sex don't start it frothing at the mouth and, oh my God, I can't wait to rip your clothes off. It's like, okay, we agreed we're going to make time for sex. They start sex cold. And then because they can simulate each other's bodies in a great way and get to the end result, they start feeling like sex once they get going. So did they both feel really hot to trot every single scheduled sex session I find that hard to believe so what changed why didn't they why don't they just start again and go right we used to have sex on a Tuesday we're going to have sex on a Tuesday and once they start stimulating each other 
it will all come back. So my solution is to schedule sex even if you don't feel like it. Start having sex even if you don't feel like it and see what happens. If if you suddenly get it all back, it just means that you switch from responsive, I'm sorry, from spontaneous to responsive. Definitely get those hormones checked. Start masturbating if you haven't and really make an effort, like watch sexy films, watch, the, you know, read a sexy book, invest in some sexy lingerie, the old biggest cliche in the book that actually works a treat on then. So actively invest in your sex life now. That would be my advice. Yeah, I do think too, in a marriage, once you stop trying, it is really fun to just get in your pajamas and get cozy and read a book. And there's this sense of, oh, we don't have to do it because we love each other and we have loved each other for so long. But the problem is you're so right. And I hadn't ever thought about that. The less you do it, the less you do it because you mm-hmm. it gets awkward when you haven't done it for a long time. You're like, wait, what are you going to do? Where are you going to touch me? Hold on. <laughs> Aren't we going to go to the grocery store in a minute? I also would wonder if something happened inside life. Like, I don't know if something she happened. She says not them. though, doesn't she? She says nothing's happened with their life. I know, but sometimes we don't realize that that something, I don't know, a conversation or maybe mm-hmm. somebody was sick for a little bit or there's a money issue that came up. Sometimes there's like hidden things that you don't know are weighing on you and they mm. somehow, you know, make you just, your brain's in a different spot. So I think everything Tracy said is perfect. I actually wish I had done more of that and made it a priority, but I also think it's okay for now that, you know, you can just say, Hey, let's get back into it. It, it seems like you guys are really cool. Mm, and I think so. But maybe it's, she says in the thing, doesn't she? Maybe it's a bit vanilla sometimes, which everybody's is. I mean, well, good on you for, for having sex twice a week. 20 well years done. is going to be vanilla. I mean, what else, what <laughs> whole can you, what, what else can you do? I mean, you've tried everything. So I think too, if you've had a great sex life, also sometimes there's ebbs and flows in life. So give yourself a break and don't worry about counting it so much. Maybe just say, this is where we are today, but it won't always be this way. And there might be mm. some day that shifts, but I don't think anything's wrong and you'll get your mojo back. Maybe once a week is more achievable. Yeah. 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 Once a week is probably more achievable. Yeah. Or take a shower together or maybe go away for a night. Just change, change up the uh, scenery. But Mm. I don't know. I think you're doing great. Yeah. Good advice. Okay. Next question. My partner and I are feisty and argue a lot. It takes me a while to recover from an argument. I need time to calm down and reconnect with her. She gets over things quickly and wants to have sex the second things are okay again. She says having sex is the quickest way to get normal again, but I don't want it until the emotional connection is back. How do we fix this? Oh man, first of all, I love that she's the one that wants to get over it real quick with sex and you're the emo- the guy is the emotional one who No, 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 it. it's a gay couple. She it's two women. Oh, it's two women. Yeah, oh, I yeah. didn't see that. I was like, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I actually, my husband was like that too. Like I would always be after a big fight, I'd be like, we're good. Like that felt better. We got it out. And he'd be like, I need a minute because I hate you right now. All right. So it was the reverse. So you wanted to yeah. have sex and he didn't. Did you want to have sex though? Did you want makeup sex? I, don't, I just wanted, every, I, I just wanted things to get back to normal right away after we'd said awful things and mm, you know, yeah, been, yeah. I'd been so mean and he'd been mean and I'd be like, okay, well, we're better. And he's like, no, I'm hurt. I can't like, I need time away from you. Like mm. I have to process everything you just said. It was really hard. And I was like, oh, but, but at least we got it out. Mm. I am. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not you, I'm him. I need time. It takes me. And I think Miles is too. My husband is the same. And do you know, people talk a lot about makeup sex. They always say it's really hot and people do it all the time. Well, I looked up study and I found one that's been done quite recently with 100 newlyweds. And it's not as much of a thing as you think because the the research done said you were, they were no more or less likely to have sex after a row. If they did, they were no more or less likely to be more satisfied. It did help in the moment to get them over the argument, but in the long run, quickly wore off. So it's not as big a thing. I mean, the pros are that, you know, you can see the psychology behind it. Like you're high on adrenaline, which some people just love. I hate it. Um, there's the threat of a breakup, you know, so you've got the anxiety and danger that's missing long term. And whether it's fear or excitement, it's still arousal. And we know that physiological arousal can transfer to any any other arousals. That's why people, you know, like go and see a horror movie on a first date because it can arouse us arousal and it's very easily transferable. And of course, an orgasm floods us with nice things like dopamine and serotonin and all that sort of stuff. But here's the cons. I think that stress dampens desire. I mean, the last thing I want to do is I have to be happy to have sex. I think that bad fingers bad fingers <laughs> sorry <laughs> bad feelings linger it's a totally different thing and this is with the problem i have with it i think that it stops you resolving the problem because some people start you know try and rush through an argument they don't try and resolve it they're like yeah great it's all better now let's have sex because they want the argument to stop and they maybe don't even want to report or they're going they know they're just getting deeper and further and shit and they want to sort of stop the whole thing which isn't going to get you anywhere and it can make people angry all over again because if you're having an argument about your partner being selfish and suddenly they want to stop talking about it and have sex you're then see selfish bastard here he is doing exactly the thing that made me angry and it can backfire if you try and have sex to make up you know the guy might be your your husband for instance might have lost his erection and then the sex is a disaster as well and rather than make it better it makes it worse so but I think that she can't really say I mean the thing about her wife offering it is it, it is an olive branch isn't it it's a way of saying I love you let's move past this but I don't know what the answer is because you're either into it or you're not and I don't think you can make someone into it if they're not so I think she needs to just say look, I'm really not into this, but and I love the fact that you're trying to connect with me. Maybe we can check in in a few hours or tomorrow. And it could be a perpetual problem, a problem that all couples have that they just can't solve. Yeah, It's just going to be an unsolvable one. Can you see a solution for this? No, I actually was thinking the same thing. I, I Again, I'm huge on energy in marriages and in partnerships and friendships. There's always one person that has holds one type of energy and the other person holds the other. And that's what makes you attracted to each other. Two strong personalities don't normally get married. Two meek mm. personalities or quiet don't get married. You always get someone that balances you out. So what happens is that's really awesome in a lot of parts of life. But when you get into arguments or you get into sex that thing that you loved about them becomes something that bothers you because it's not your path. So I think I think maybe when you're not in a fight, when you're in a good spot, you sit down and you go, hey, next time we get into a fight, you know, I, I need a little, I need like 30 minutes away. I need to go for a walk and you need sex. So can we make an agreement now on how we're going to handle that while we're in the right right mindset? Mm -hmm. And then practice that the next time we get into some type of situation where 
I want to fix it real quick and you need time. And we'll already mm-hmm. have kind of rules and regulations around plan. it. Yeah. I love a game plan. I, I love, love a plan. Game. I love yeah, a don't game you? plan. I love proactive, not reactive. That's yeah. the name of the game, isn't it? So that's what I would try. I would just say, hey, this keeps coming up or this happens for us quite a, what can we both agree on? And that we both will hold the next time we get into a spot where one person mm. wants one thing and the other, and let's try it. Mm. And magic will good. happen. Good, good advice. Magic will happen. Or if it doesn't, it's fine. If, I think if it doesn't, it's Tracy's that. fault. I don't know. I don't know why my idea doesn't work. <laughs> Nate and I are getting along perfectly now. So I'd like, like everyone to listen to my advice. Nate and I haven't had a fight in years. Um, no, that's terrible what you just said. No, it's wonderful. Actually, you know how great it is to just have a, a, a conversation with someone you love in another realm and everything's always good? It's like thumbs up, thumbs up. It's actually kind of beautiful. <laughs> Wasn't so so sad. I wouldn't open it. Yes, exactly. Because some people don't know don't know your history, so you better give them a quick recap. Oh yes, my husband passed away six years ago, and he loved sex, and I was. He loved sex. He loved women, and I was all locked up. Uh, maybe because he loved it. What do you mean you were still talking to him, not fighting? You talked to him even though he's dead. Dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course I do. Actually, like I always say, you'll we. I mean, we've never had a better relationship than now because I just talk, <laughs> talk, talk, and he just listens. Yeah, it's quite nice, actually, isn't it? Yeah, it isn't bad. So, okay. So, last question. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. I've been with my partner for eight years, and we have a child. He is open to the idea of opening up our relationship to explore sex, both together and individually. We haven't done it yet, but how do I know it won't massively strain our relationship? We are so open, and we talk about sex and fantasies all the time to help boost our sex life. But when push comes to shove, how can I be sure opening up our relationship won't complicate and ruin things? Well, well. can't. Sure. <laughs> so Sorry to tell you, you're not going to be sure. No. Go ahead. Jason. And I think that with anything like this, you never tread outside your comfort zone unless you absolutely, absolutely want to. So, and I find it intriguing. I mean, what is missing for him? He's got a wife who, you know, I know that the obvious appeal of, of open relationships is that you get to have the hot sex of sleeping with someone new and the security of your partner. So in theory, they sound fabulous, like we should all be doing it. But the minute you, is a lot of difference between being open with your partner and discussing fantasies and actually having another body in the bed. So I think surely you can come up with other ways. Like what about you even go to a sex club and don't participate? Maybe that might be enough. Out of, so you've got that sort of option. Then the next step would be sex with a, you know, a threesome or something like that. I would go, I think a threesome is far less dangerous than sending your partner off to have sex without you around. Far less dangerous because 
at least with the threesome, there's some control. Like you're both there. You can see what's happening. You can stop it if it all goes horribly wrong. You can choose. You've got some control over the situation. You can carefully choose who you're going to have it with. You know, it might go horribly wrong, but I don't think it's going to break your relationship. But sending your partner off to have sex with someone else... I mean, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what sort of what, whether they're talking the whole time. You might be more threatened by that. You don't know what sex they're having. Are they going to see them again? You know, the most confident person can't handle the idea of that. So if you actually maybe try the sex club thing, even go as far as the threesome thing, and if he wants to go further, the trick to this is to sit down and go, right, and you have a massive discussion. You talk about... What do you mean by an open relationship? Is it just love or is it, I mean, sorry, is it just sex or is it love? Who's allowed, to, who are we allowed to have a partner? Who isn't? Are we going to tell people? How often are we allowed to do this? Do we want to report back to each other? Just discussing this in detail will give you your answer as to whether you can cope with it. If you can be, if you're not rattled or threatened, then maybe you are both cut out for this. But if you're sick to your stomach and thinking, what the hell is this all about? This is just weird. Don't be coerced into it. You need to look for other ways, like the sex club, like just risky sex. Just shake it up a bit without other people. I'm obviously on the less like risky, trying new things side of things, but I don't know how bringing in somebody new in a relationship doesn't complicate it no matter what. I also think that you have to sit there and you have to get quiet with yourself and say, if this person turns out to be someone that they love and my marriage is done and my co-parenting is done, is it worth it? Because that's always, you've got to go all the way to the end and say, could I live with this? Would I rather try this and and have this experience at the risk of maybe breaking up my family? Then mm. go for it. If if you're that bored and are that you that that curious then you do that. But you have to play out all the way. You can't just think it's going to be all perfect. And it's like in the movies. It's not like the movies. These are real people with real families, with real children. And so if you Mm -hmm. can live with it blowing the whole thing up, go for it. But if you can't, sometimes in life, we don't get to do everything we want to do because there's the price is too high. Yeah. What does she say to her partner if he says, right, if you don't agree with it, then, you know, I'm going to go off and do it anyway. Well, then that's it. I don't think he will, actually. It doesn't sound like they have that sort of relationship. Maybe he's just trying it on. Yeah, I think going to a sex club, I would, I mean, I think that would be great to do something like that. I don't, and, you know, hanging out, talking to somebody, but I don't know, and everybody has their different line, but when you have a child and you're in a committed relationship, I just don't know that it's, I have, you know, know quite a few couples who have tried this and and it does not bode well. Oh, really? Okay. Does not yeah, bode well. I, I know a few as well. And only one person made it work and even they're back to monogamy now. Yeah, it doesn't feel right after it's done. In your mind, it's this wonderful thing. It's this courageous, new, novel experience, um, mm. sexy. And you guys are trying, you know, you're trying to keep it sexy. The truth is, in a marriage, it's a deep friendship. And you're lucky if you enjoy having sex with each other. There are other ways to bring something into the marriage or the relationship without having sex with someone else, whether you do that through porn or going somewhere or watch, whatever. I don't know. That's my yeah. thought. But I've never been accused of being fun or adventurous. <laughs> I 
I'm sure you are. <laughs> I, I think that I am quite adventurous, but I do think that, I mean, I think it's good that people look outside monogamy, but I, I'm way too jealous. I'm way too Me jealous too. and possessive to, to do something like that. I could do a threesome. I could do the sex club. I could do stuff like that, but only as like a one-off experimentally type thing, but I couldn't never do an open relationship. And only it's because my scene at you all. can only do it because you have such a loving husband who you know adores you. If you were, if mm. if you weren't sure how Miles felt about you, oh God, I couldn't do a threesome with Miles. He'd be he would be not interested at all. He would just think it was awful. But that's why you love him. So there's different people <laughs> for different parts of your life. I just I could date lots of people at once. Don't get me wrong, and I have done that. Yeah. But not in a not loving, not in a committed relationship. That's completely different, isn't it? That's my point. You there is yeah. a price for everything. So committed relationships tend to be a t- tiny bit boring, but they're secure. And being mm. out dating and having threesomes and all these new experiences is amazing. And it's like blows your mind. And you can end up feel, feeling a little lonely sometimes. Mm. Bored or lonely? Bored or lonely? <laughs> Who said that? That was Chris Rock, wasn't it? Pick your poison. Yeah. yeah. What was it? When you married your... Well, I don't know. Well, there was some great thing where he said you end up bored. You know, you're either bored. Yeah, that's it. Just bored or lonely. That's, that's it. it. Bored in the long-term relationship, lonely if you're single. Exactly. So Make your choice. Life oh is like God, that. Terrible, isn't it? No, it's, and, you know what? Um, there's there's nights and there's days and there's sun and there's moons. It's just how life is. Don't everybody worry. We're all okay. Yeah, I think so. Oh, all right. I think we're done for today. Hope we you've just really blown your mind. And I hope everybody's <laughs> out there doing their thing. Yes, I'll find another fun sex fact for next week. Perfect. Just as the thing you want to hear around breakfast time. Please don't ever do that again. I wonder what time people do live to this. Yeah. All right. We will see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.